Welcome back to the Roads to Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Josh Rhodes. Many of you know, especially if you've been listening to the podcast for a few weeks or months now, I sit in Houston and it is hot in Houston, but if there is one thing that I feel we have maybe above any other city, probably outside of New York, it's our food scene. Uh, It is a melting pot of delicious foods and with a food scene that is rocking like Houston, you always attract stellar food trucks. And I'm kind of walking down this chain of command here, but if you've had a good food truck and you're entrepreneurial or you have that entrepreneur spirit in you, you've likely thought about what it takes or what it looks like to own a food truck. And that's an itch that I've been trying to scratch now for six to eight months. Not that I necessarily want to own a food truck, but just interested in the dynamics and the moving pieces and what that world looked like. And I've been struggling to find out or or figure out who I should interview in the food truck game. Do I go to one of my favorite food trucks here in Houston and just talk to a local? Do I... Go to one of the more famous chefs or food truck franchises like we did with 1-800-GOT-JUNK and try to interview them. What I ended up landing on is a guy named Brett Lindenberg, and I can assure you that this is the guy. Who is Brett? Brett actually started a journey of his own trying to start his own food truck. And in his research phase, found there was not much to research and decided to fill that void with his own blogging and podcasting. He starts interviewing hundreds of successful food truck owners and becomes the go-to sort of an industry expert for his expertise, for the knowledge that he was able to aggregate around the food truck owners. Rather than opening up a food truck, this thing's built so much momentum that he stayed in this niche and has continued to grow. Today, uh, he was very transparent on the the show. He'll make more than $150,000 in this educational outlet that he's created and truly become the category king in. So I've got the uh, the guy in food trucks. What do we cover? Um, I obviously want to talk about what it takes to get a food truck from an idea to wheels on the ground. But we also talk about some of the costs, what you could expect or what it takes to actually get a food truck off the ground, started and running. Uh, once started, what could the owner expect to make back from it? And Finally, I try to cover a few fun topics of just what are some of the mind games or uh, mental models that he uses to build a menu? What's important? Uh, if you don't have the funds to actually go buy a food truck, how you get? How could you get started with this venture? And even some growth hacks on once your truck is in production, how do you build some momentum and a customer base and social media and all that stuff? So we dig into lots. This is a really, really fun episode that brought clarity to a business that I have really been curious and and really striving to know more about. Uh, I feel like I I learned the back end of a magic trick today, how a magic trick works. And uh, now that I know it, I'm going to teach it to you. With that, I bring you Brett Lindenberg. 
Give me kids, I'm a spouse. Yeah. Financially sound. the bad day. Here we are. Brett, man, I would assume that food trucks are booming across the United States. I can only speak for myself and the areas I've been. Uh, I sit in Houston, was just in Austin, ate at several food trucks. I told you offline, I cover the West Coast, Seattle, San Francisco. The places that I hit, it seems to be booming. And as you eat there, I think anybody could relate to this. As you eat at a food truck, especially a bomb-ass food truck, uh, I think you kind of put yourself behind the wheel of it and you start to try to figure out, like, if I owned a food truck, what would I, what would I make? And what is the, what are the economics of this? Lots of questions that sort of surface through this. And what's nice is I've found through some research, it takes a lot to learn. And you've gone down the rabbit hole, you've gone through the gauntlet, and here you are uh, able to answer those questions and much, much more. Um, all that to say, man, very, very grateful for, for your time today. Thanks for doing this. Hey, thanks for having me on. And yeah, you definitely mentioned some of the major hubs for the food truck industry being Austin and you know, Portland, Seattle, that those sorts of spots for sure. Yeah. Matt, for the folks that haven't gone down the rabbit hole with you, they haven't hit your website yet. They're, they're not really sure what they're tuning into here after my introduction. Can you tell them a little bit about just who you are, what you have going on today? Yeah. So my name's Brett Lindenberg. I run, uh, I own two websites in the food truck space. One is foodtruckempire.com. And then I recently purchased another one at the end of last year called mobile-cuisine.com, who was uh, actually the guy that wrote uh, How to Start a Food Truck for Dummies. That was his blog that I ended up uh, purchasing from him. So um, do a lot of publishing in the food truck space, kind of got into it um, by accident. I was looking at uh, you know, this is back in like around 2013, a variety of businesses that I could start. Uh, while, while I still maintained a full-time job, uh, you know, I still had a considerable amount of student college debt ro- rolling around and that sort of thing. So I was kind of looking for something like, hey, what can I start for that's low cost that I could maybe do on the weekends or at night and make money? And this food truck thing just kind of started getting popular. There was uh, like the great food truck race on TV and that sort of thing. So I just kind of started looking into it. And as I did that, I realized like, man, there's like no information about how to start a food truck online. And I'd always kind of wanted to have a blog or, or something like that online that I could do. So I just kind of thought, well, if this is getting popular on TV, people are interested in it. This is you know, maybe a business that I could do. Maybe I could kind of start the blog on the side too and document the journey of starting a food truck and help other people and kind of get some more information out there about it and build an audience that way. So that's kind of how the blog started. The first one in a nutshell was just, yeah, I was just looking for opportunities. I happened to spot this one. I thought it was really interesting. And I, I think to your point too, when you say that you, you go to a food truck that's really good and you put yourself behind the wheel that is the exact story of, of so many of these people that have started food trucks. It is the thing that I love about this industry is the people that run these things, they're scrappy entrepreneurs usually. You know what I mean? They don't have a ton of funding. They put either their life savings into it or they took it a loan to start the type of business. There's some really cool stories and it's people from all sorts of different backgrounds that run these types of things too, uh, from lawyers to 
you know, school to ex-school teachers, things like that. So it's an eclectic bunch of entrepreneurs. First, appreciate you running me through the story. Did you, you mentioned you started the blog up. Did you ever get to the point where you actually acquired the food truck or did the blog just take off and you get sidetracked and now you run the expertise side? Starting a food truck was initially my plan. Uh, What I discovered is that when you operate a food truck, it's very long hours. You've got to, you know, get out of your home base. You've got to drive around, you know, work at nights, that sort of thing. And I much prefer actually, like, I love publishing. (laughs) I love being behind a computer. I love like, uh, I I love talking to people and and like this and doing stuff like this. But I would not, I realized pretty quickly that I would not enjoy actually operating a food truck day to day. Did you, I mean, did you have culinary experience? Like anybody in your family, a chef where did you go to school? Like, or was this literally, you did exactly what I was talking about early on of like, you had some sort of food truck and you're like, this is the idea. And like no, no prior cooking experience aside from what you're doing in the kitchen. Yeah. I didn't have any cooking experience. That's I mean, awesome, I, you know, I went to college and, you know, I w- was a waiter at some restaurants during that time and stuff like that, but no experience other than that. Yeah. I saw an article, maybe as a blog post of, it's like mid 2018, where the blog at the time was doing something like 60K a year. And at that time, I mean, that's enough. I, you could quit your job. That's a full-time job at that point. Do you mind sharing? That's 2018. You fast forward two, three years. Any numbers that you're comfortable about just scale-wise, I'd like to capture a bit more about how things have, you know, what, what do things look like today? Yeah. Last year, 2020, it cracked 100,000. That's awesome. And then this year, it will definitely be like by far the, the biggest year. Like I'll, I'll throw out like probably around 150, somewhere, something like that. But part of that too is uh, like when I mentioned early uh, at the beginning, I did buy another website in December of last year. So that, yeah, kind of revenue from that kind of started kicking in in January. So that like helps a little bit too. That's so, the name yeah. of the game though, right? Yeah. You, you land one, you start to grow it, it funnels, you build some momentum, you pull in a second one. I mean, th- this is the name of the game. Yeah. For me, it's been a pretty slow grind. Like I, I started mine in 2013 or 2014, uh, foodtruckempire.com. And it's been very like 30 grand a year. Then the next year it's 50 grand. Then the next year it's like 65. Then the next year it's 80. And then like it's a hundred and then, you know, kind of goes from there. So yeah, it just kind of was slow and steady and very like methodical. I wish it was faster. <laughs> let's I'm say, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, sure. There, let, let's say you went the, the food truck owner route. I mean, what, what is the average, what does the average food truck owner make in any given year? Do you, do you have any numbers that you could, you could give me there? Yeah. I mean, obviously like I'll give you the generic, it depends answer. If you know, you're a guy that does it full time or if you just do it on the weekends and you know, do you live in Florida? Do you live in Canada? There's a different, you know, operating time period. But I mean, if you're going to grind on it, you know, you should be able to make, you know, over a hundred thousand dollars a year on a food truck. Uh, if you're doing it right, obviously you want to make sure just based on the different guys that I've talked to, you want to make sure it's kind of the basics. You've got a, pr- a product that people like, and you've got a product that has some revenue built uh, or some margin built into it. That's really, really important. And we can kind of talk about some examples of that too. 
Yeah, I definitely want to unpack it. Uh, I will note from your website, I pulled just off a blog post doing some homework. A fifth of food truck owners make north of $200,000 a year. 30% make 150 to 199. 35% make 100 to 149. You add those up, that's 60, 78. It's almost 80, 85% are making north of 100. And that's assuming full time and we're removing a lot of the variables. Let me ask you this. We didn't get to touch on, or maybe you did briefly, but I want to hear a little bit more about it. You decide, I want to go down this food truck route. You had no prior experience. You're, you know, anytime you're a first generation to do anything, first generation to go to college, first generation to start a podcast. When I had this idea, I, I shit my pants. It's like, there's so <laughs> much going on. Where do I start? How do I, how do I complete this cycle? What does it look like? I read just through doing some homework, you spent a little bit more than a year studying this world and talking to people and read. I, I want to ask, what was your process in getting ramped up? I mean, how how did you learn this field? What did that What did that look like? Yeah, I took a super simple approach in the beginning of the blog, where I just basically thought to myself, and really my inspiration for it was there's a podcast you're probably familiar with it, Entrepreneur on Fire with John Lee Dumas. Yeah, he's been on the show. Oh, no kidding! Okay, yeah. that's awesome. So. Basically, uh, I think around the time that I started the blog, he was like kind of getting big or like, you know, just kind of starting to pop up on my radar. And I was just sort of like, man, literally all this guy does is bring on guests on different topics and ask them the, the same 10 questions. Same 10 questions. Time. Yeah. Like there's like, how hard is that? So I was just like, you know, how would I just do the same thing? Except I'll niche it down to the food truck aspect of it, bring out a bunch of guys that sell hot dogs and burgers and tacos, just bring them on, ask them questions about how they started their business. And that's essentially the model that I took. And then I, you know, hoped that eventually there would be an audience that grew around it too. And I would say from like the audio standpoint, I used to be in a, a cover band all through college and we recorded a few albums and stuff like that. So the audio side was very like, oh, this is very compared Familiar. to putting together a song. This is super easy. Yeah. Not that much to learn. You, you definitely don't need to be a musician though, to start a podcast. I mean, totally. I your background, to but you, it's not, it's not that hard once you get into it. There's a learning curve. I can assure you, I'm not a, a musician by any means. <laughs> no, no musical talent. You just look like one kind of yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I do want to echo a point you've made, and I do this anytime I get the chance, and it comes up once every other month. But the way that you approached this is, I think, and this is just my personal opinion, the most effective way to learn a skill or learn a practice. I am doing that with this podcast, and I encourage anybody, anybody that has a a goal, an idea of like, I need to get there. Now, how do I get there quickly? I wanted to build wealth. You wanted to start a food truck. If you want to learn how to, whatever it is, be the best coach, be the best martial artist. I think there's something about being able to humble yourself and say, guys, I don't know much. I'm a student to this. I've done my homework. I've, I've, you know, I'm reading books. I'm, I've read your blog. I've done this. 
And then you reach out to them and you say, I need to talk to you for 30 minutes or 45 minutes. And it'll be on a podcast. I'll help you share your brand and all this. But going to them as a humbled student of theirs, a fan of theirs and saying, hey, can I talk to you? It is almost impossible to say no. And you're learning from years and years and years of experience. And they're talking you through their failures. And you can ask questions about, you know, give me the 80-20 and I'm going to do this to you in a second. Give me the 80-20 of your social media strategy. And right there in a matter of a three or four minute span, you're getting, I mean, months and months of research and knowledge and trial and error. I, I say all this to say, Uh, If there's anybody out there grinding towards something and you feel stuck, you feel like you've plateaued, this is a very effective strategy. It's lightweight. You need a microphone. You get behind it. You're able to talk to somebody across there. It is is so under leveraged. There's many podcasts out there, but many of them are sort of bullshitters or friends talking and there's all sorts of different verticals. This sort of being a student to the game, being a student to your genre, uh, your vertical is so under leveraged. And I, I love to hear, I mean, you're a walking billboard of this. Yeah, it's funny. I always tell people that are talking about podcasting or like, what's the big benefit of podcasting or whatever. I always tell them, if you have a podcast, even if you have no episodes yet, it's literally an excuse to talk to pretty much anyone in the world that you want to within reason. Like, yeah, you probably can't get like the president of the United States on your podcast, but sure. Yeah, but I had John Lee Dumas, right? Which is which is that's exactly exactly it. That's which is pretty incredible. Yeah, and you're not going to be able to reach out to them individually and say, "Hey, I'd like to talk with you," or "Can I get one on one time?" You'll pay thousands. I make I make this example all the time. I had Dory Clark on as my my third guest, uh, and she charges a little over twelve thousand dollars for a half day business session, uh, and yet she gave us two and a half hours for free on the podcast, yeah, which is, right. it's just, it's, it's, you don't get that kind of, it's unparalleled guidance. And so I, I'm glad to, to hear that you took that route. And I'll, re- and just from this conversation, I'll remember you, you'll remember me if we're ever in some sort of a, you know, if there's a conference or something like that, where we just kind of end up together, it'll be like a very natural day. Hey, what's up? You know what I mean? <laughs> sort of Definitely. thing. It's, it's, it's different than tweeting at someone or emailing someone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to take uh, a small pivot. And my, my goal here uh, with the bulk of this episode of this interview is to try to go from concept or idea of a food truck to actually getting wheels on pavement. I've chewed on your work a bit uh, here over the last few weeks. And I found most of the time you encourage the buyer, the food truck owner, potential food truck owner, to start with their menu and building out their menu. Let me just put the ball in your court there and ask you, why is that? So why do you start out with the menu? The reason really is because you need to know what your menu is before you can really start taking the next steps with a food truck. So for example, if you want to do, uh, if you determine that you want to make burgers, then you are going to get a truck that has, you know, the cooking equipment on it to make burgers like a flat top. And, you know, maybe you want to do fries. So you're going to get a deep fryer, that sort of thing. We, uh, I actually, with, uh, somebody that runs their own food trailer, we do an annual class. So he kind of like takes everybody step-by-step, you know, an eight week course through the process of getting started. And we've actually had people that kind of get started first by going out and getting a trailer or a truck first. And, 
you know, then they realize, oh crap, like this doesn't actually cook the food that I wanted, or now I need to get it modified. And like, so it seemed like a great deal up front because uh, the price was right or whatever, but then like it didn't pass inspection or it didn't, you know, do all these different things that you needed to do. So it ends up actually costing you a lot more money. So that's kind of why we say menu first. And there's other things to that too. Like once you start with a menu, you start there and then you just keep working backwards. So I use the example of getting cooking equipment, but there's also, you know, you got to figure out what your anticipated expenses are going to be and how much you're going to be able to sell it for, right? So if you're making burgers, you can kind of tell just within your market, like, hey, in my market at a food trailer, it goes for about 10 bucks. You know what I mean? I can sell burger and fries for around 10 bucks off a truck. So that's probably the range that you're going to be able to sell it to. And then you got to kind of work backwards from there and like, okay, so what bun am I going to use? What type of meat, cheese, da, 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 you know, add up everything. And then you get to start working out like the numbers behind what you're going to sell and see just upfront right away. Is this, is this going to make any sense or not even on paper? Because if it doesn't make sense on paper, then you might as like, you got to figure out like how to adjust it from there before you even get started love the idea of being able to work backwards instead of just sort of, I think the first step is to go get a truck. Now I have this. Now what are we going to make in this truck? And then you're sort of, then you have to alter the truck or edit it or buy it or you know buy a new one or whatever it is. Like it's, it gets very clunky if you're, if you don't have an end goal and you're just trying to take each step, you know, along the way, how do I select what I'm going to make? I mean, each food that we've talked about, you're talking about burgers. If I wanted to make, you know, Jamaican jerk chicken or whatever, like there are so many foods, possibilities that you can make. Uh, is it, are you encouraging people to just, you know, whatever your stomach likes best, whatever your <laughs> heart likes best, or your family specializes in, or are you doing like competitive analysis? There's no Jamaican jerk chicken sandwiches in the area. So this is the perfect thing to start. Like, how are you landing on what, what you want to build? Yeah, I think the thing that we always do is kind of give people like a combination of different ways that you can figure it out. So one guy that came out of our class that has just been killing it for the last few years, if you, you know, if you do have something that you are passionate about making, or like you said, a family member made, and it's kind of been passed down to you, I, I think if you can find a way to uh, profitably make it, then that can be a great thing to start looking at. That's exactly what one of the guys that came through our class did. He ha- uh, made pierogies. He's like Polish guy, Polish, Polish descent. And his you know, dad died. And he just like, you know, within a couple of years after that was just like, man, there's a lot of Italian trucks around here, but there's no like Polish trucks anywhere. And he was just kind of like, oh, this would be so cool to, you know, kind of make something that represented my dad and I could kind of remember him and I could cook this thing. So I, so I do think that is a good, like a great way if you do have something, if, you know, you're Italian or really any, whatever culture you're from, there's probably an angle to do it. But you, you've got to then like obviously take a look at the business side to kind of put on that other hat and like say, is it profitable? Is this something that enough people are going to like? You know, there's got to be demand for it too. The other approach that, you know, we use too is just if you've been to a fair before, you've seen the standard stuff that works. Like, you know what I mean? Like what's working is everything around us. You know, there's burger joints around you. When you go to the fair, there's, you know, hot dogs, there's, you know, snack type things, donuts, you know, there's yeah, all fried sorts Oreos, of all sorts of crazy things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's, it's all around you already. So if you don't have like anything with a great story behind it, or that's, you, you just, 
you know, can think of, then that I would say would be the next thing to do is look at what's already profitable. Cause uh, yeah, there's a lot of burger places and you can, you know, you just can make a burger profitable and that, and people want burgers. Yeah. You don't have to like over, over complicate it. I had an investor on the podcast several, several months back, Dr. Richard Smith, and he talked about how Warren Buffett worked for him. And that's not really the case, but he would talk about, you know, Warren Buffett makes all these investments and then he posts them online. So I don't need to go do all of my stock research and go to, I just look at his portfolio. I know he's had a team go do all the homework. And so I just capitalize on that. People do the same thing with with McDonald's, right? McDonald's plants, and then all of a sudden, Taco Bell, KFC, Sonic, they just plant around them. Like, guys, you've already done the homework. You know there's foot traffic. This is the same thing here, right? Like, you don't have an idea. Look to the market. What food trucks are popping? What looks Mm -hmm. good? Where's the foot traffic going? They've done the homework. It's done. The research is there. You're able to just sort of double down on that, on the foot traffic or on that... uh, the excitement already. Let me ask you this. Most food trucks, food truck owners, I mean, you were getting ready to purchase one before you were sidebarred into this this blog. You had no cooking experience. And I want to know, are most food truck owners that way? Where are most food truck owners chefs and they're willing to get behind the wheel and then in the back and, you know, in, in the kitchen or are most food truck owners investors? Most, yeah, the vast majority are people that are planning to go in there and work day to day. I don't think I've ever heard of anyone like successfully doing like a passive investment on a food truck. Like I've just never, yeah, I've ne- I never have heard of that before. It is, and I've talked to hundreds, literally like <laughs> hundreds of food truck owners over the past few years. And I would say most of the time it's people just with no cooking experience, what like no formal cooking experience, I should say. They didn't go to chef school, that sort of thing. It is just people that, you know, they thought they thought it kind of seemed like a cool idea. They've got a a concept in mind that they want to cook. You know, it could be I I know a couple guy people, well, one's a girl, one's a, a guy. They were um actually one in Austin. One that is the perfect example is his name's Eric. He owns uh, the Peach Tortilla, which you might have seen in the Austin airport now. Uh, he started out uh, as a lawyer. He ended up moving to Austin kind of at the beginning of the food truck thing, started a couple food trucks there. Now he's got his brand is turned into like a restaurant. He's got a couple of restaurant locations in Austin, one's in the airport, uh, and he's got a bar there too, kind of in the downtown area. So there's a lot of, uh, yeah, you definitely don't, and he, lawyer, zero culinary experience, although his dad did come from like the restaurant industry. So he kind of had an in there, but but yeah, it attracts all sorts of of different people. Yeah. As long as you want to be involved, right? As as you're saying, let me ask you this, man. One of my favorite food trucks here in Houston, it's called Miko's, Miko's Hot Chicken. They actually just went from a food truck to a brick and mortar, kind of like what you just said. It kind of seems like there's a gradual progression. They start small and then they get a brick and mortar and then they have two food trucks traveling the area. It's kind of a slow uh, uh, growth, right? Which is which is really cool to watch. Their menu consists of, both on the food truck and in person consists of three things. It's like you could buy a chicken sandwich, you could buy chicken strips, or you could buy animal fries. And it's like fries with chopped chicken on top. And that's mm-hmm. all, right? So each right. meal has their fried chicken. You can choose the flavor. That's it. I want to know, is that a requirement or something that you guys coach or talk about is there, I picture them in the back. They have like, I mean, they have 
chicken, they have breading, they have fries. And in my head, that's damn near it, right? Maybe some sauces to dip the chicken into. So each, each of the ingredients is cross-pollinating across the menu and they don't have to have 35 ingredients in the back. Really, there's you know, probably six. Is that something you guys talk about? Have, have they just found something super special? I mean, am, am I onto something here? Oh yeah, for sure. Like, especially if you're starting a food truck, kind of the general rule of thumb we say is like four or five menu items, totally max. And, you know, if you want to do three, that's, that's even better. I mean, part of it too, is you've got to think about speed, speed on a truck. Uh, you know, how fast can you get this out? If you have 20 menu items and you're kind of like all over the place in there, uh, it, you know, a, it's like you're limited in space. You can only carry so much of each ingredient. Right. So like, yeah, like focusing like that Miko's example uh, is definitely what you want to do in this industry for so many different reasons. Yeah. Speed, storage, uh, and just kind of like being known for something, you know what I mean? Then you can just focus on like, what is the thing I'm going to destroy at? What are, what are people going to come to me for? Uh, then you've kind of got that built in. Yeah. Small, small tweaks to your chicken at that point. And mm -hmm. soon you become the best chicken provider here in the area, right? You, you've got the best hot chicken. And then, I mean, if you see their lines today, they are insane. There's like 40 yeah. minute lines. It's, it's ridiculous. Let's say you've landed on a food. I have a rough outline at the menu. And from here, if I kind of follow through your work, now, the next step is to create a business plan. And this probably makes some people shake a little bit, the idea of like having to craft a business plan. So can you share a bit about that? Why is it important? When is it used? Uh, what type of information should be included in that? Just talk to me a bit about what, what is that business plan? Yeah. And we kind of use the term business plan loosely too, because to your point, it's like, oh man, a business plan, you start going through it. Like, oh, I feel like I'm in school again. And you know, some people get kind of hung up on like, what's on page three? Is this formatted correctly? And it's like, that's not really like the thing to, to worry about too much. We've, we've almost kind of like said, uh, you know, if you can do a business plan, that's great. Because if you ever seek funding in the future or something like that, you're going to need something like that or get uh, a, a formal loan. Sometimes you kind of need one like a business loan. But really, I would say like do, do a pitch deck um, and a pitch deck kind of, um, I guess, is I almost think about it like the TV show Shark Tank. So you think of it as you're going in, you're presenting your idea and why you think it's going to work in just a couple of minutes. So, you know, put together just a basic few slides that talk about like, hey, again, what's your menu? Who are the players on your team? Where are you going to be serving? You know, what are you going to be charging on your menu? What is, does the kind of competition look like? And this is all just like one slide, right? One slide for each one of these topics. And also another one too, obviously with the food truck is figuring out where specifically am I going to target right away to go out and vend, right? Like, so am I going to go and, and don't just say like, I'm going to go to farmer's markets and I'm going to go out in the street. And it's like, no, specifically like what office park are you going to try to get into or what, you know what I mean? Festival or specific farmer's market are you going to get into each week? And then you can start really breaking down like, yes, okay, here are the five places that I want to get into. But the thing is like, especially once you get started and work out like some, some spots are going to work out some, some spots aren't. So, but getting kind of really, really hyper specific on just the most important things. That's kind of what 
we stress with this and less about the formatting of the business plan. It's just kind of like what, what's like the essence of the business plan and kind of put it onto a few slides. That way you can get the broad idea in, that's in your head down on paper and, get, and start getting really specific about the important stuff. Yeah, man, uh, you hit on exactly what I was hoping for. One, that it doesn't need to be 150 pages of you know MLA format, double spaced. It does, there's nothing crazy there. What you're doing is you're getting, just like we talked about earlier, this idea of reverse engineering success, right? And instead of like, now I buy a truck and then what's next? Maybe we should try marketing and then sh- we should park over there. And we haven't even thought about that. Let's go park over there. It's you know, before you spend any money, before you do anything crazy, you have a, what looks to be on paper, a successful business. And I've had financial planners, I've had other entrepreneurs talk about it, like a flight plan, a flight plan, or um, like a, a captain setting sail, right? And like, uh, when you set sail, you kind of circle where you're headed and then you chart the rest of the journey to understand, okay, I need to avoid these mountains and I'm going to do this and we're going to stop here to get gas. And we're going to, without that, there is no telling where the hell you're going to end up. And so building this business plan is not for others' eyes or ears. You're not going to post it online. It can be a messy format. I, I interviewed a guy that has a book called The One Page Business Plan. Uh, it could be very simple but it get, it's, it's forcing you to do your homework. It's forcing you to make sure that you have a legit business idea and that you're not just you know, going with the wind, shooting from the hip. And so I think that, I think it's crucial, like you said, to sort of swallow that like, oh, it's a business plan. Relax, write down some, some high level questions and work through this. Do the homework and you're almost ensuring your success. You're definitely increasing the likelihood of, of your success. Yeah, Go ahead. I'm <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Let's say I get to this point. I have a business plan set up. If that's, if the business plan is not the most daunting part, then this next part is, you hinted at this at the very beginning, that it's sort of estimating startup costs. And, you know, let's assume that you're giving advice to a first timer. You're giving advice to me as a first time truck buyer. I want to take my dad's pancake recipe, which by the way, is by far my favorite food. It's, it's, it's insane. <laughs> so I want to take my dad's pancake recipe. We're going to take it on, you know, we're going to take it on the road. We're going to start building trucks. I have a rock solid business plan. Like we've talked about. So I have the menu, the business plan set uh, day one. What am I going to need? Right. As I start to build this business, um, I'd like to maybe even try to incorporate some high-level ballpark costing or pricing if that's possible. But uh, starting in the most obvious spot, I can't have a food truck business without a food truck. Maybe we we start at the truck piece. Where am I going to find that? And are, are there any recommendations as far as do I start new? Do I buy used and try to build? What, what's your recommendation here as far as the, the truck is concerned? Yeah. I mean, I would even say too, before even getting to like the truck or anything like that. It's like, you've got this idea for serving pancakes, right? So like, what do you need for that? You could serve that at a farmer's market with literally like a griddle and a tent, right? Yeah. And probably spend, you know, 5,000 bucks on that equipment, you know, maybe less. So I I feel like, especially with food businesses, there's always that kind of hack that like, if you are not 100% sure that you want to do this, or you aren't 100% sure that the idea that you've got for pancakes is going to work, that will give you a very fast understanding of like, 
do people like this? Is this easy to sell? What, I you love know, what exactly does it take to like set this up? Do I enjoy this? You know, you will within like a weekend, figure it out. You're um, testing the market. You're testing yep. the business. You're testing yourself on like, like you said, do I like waking up and whipping this batter and sitting over the griddle all day? Do I, do I want to do this for 15 years? Whatever it is. Yep. Yeah. Cause at that point it's like the difference between then a, a truck and a tent is really just like, yeah, you can get into more events and stuff like that with a, with a truck. And it's going to be definitely easier to get set up. Cause you're not going to have to do the tent stuff and all that, all that junk. But um, that, that I think would be like kind of the first thing that I'd consider at least, sorry, what was the, what was no, the, no, no, that's, no, I was that? saying that's, <laughs> okay. that's, that's great advice. That's great advice of, I mean, don't, you don't have to go from, from a to Z on like, uh, you have no business at all to yeah. now you're sitting in a, a $60,000 food truck or however much this thing is going to cost. You can do some sort of AB testing or test the market and see, do people like this? And let me work on my ingredients or whatever it is. Uh, once I'm at the point, let's say I'm making, you know, complex tacos or I have something that requires a food truck. That was the, the, the question that we got, we started with was, do I buy new? Do I look at used and try to alter that to fit my needs? Where, where, where do I go? And then what are your sort of expectations on that truck? Yeah. I mean, as far as new or used, I would compare it almost exactly like buying a regular car, you know what I mean? Or a regular got truck, it. right? So if you you know, have a little bit, if you have more money, like obviously it's going to be great to go new and you're going to have the warranty and all that stuff. And then if you go used, it's, it's going to be cheaper, but you might have to deal with, you know, breakdowns on a a greater basis too. The other thing I would, that impacts price a lot is truck versus trailer. So, I mean, especially the example within a a taco truck, you could definitely get, you know, a, a used taco trailer with all the cooking equipment that you need in it for, you know, 20 grand, maybe even a little bit less than that. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Whereas a truck, you know, the main thing is like, you know, there's an engine with it. So it just, co- it just costs more. Uh, so you, even a used one, you're going to expect to pay, you know, probably over $50,000, you know, somewhere in there, 50 to 75 would be like a good broad ballpark range for that. So yeah, it just kind of depends what you want. Um, depends what you need, obviously, but, um, I guess, yeah, bottom line, you just got to kind of weigh out like, what's my budget? Um, how much do I want? Like a new, a new truck versus a used one. Yeah. And I, I'm going to maybe even circle back to the idea now that we've sort of heard the cost model, the breakdown of tent to trailer to truck. I think most people would follow that sort of growth, that maturity model of let's test the business. Okay. I really like this. Let's expand a bit and get a trailer. Oh, this thing's crushing. Let's take it on the road. And and you're investing the, the money that the business is creating versus trying to go from you know zero to $60,000 in savings to go buy this truck. So uh, I like the idea of increasing with the maturity of the business. Let's spend a few seconds talking about the food, which I think is probably most interesting to to me and to many others. And like, where am I getting the food? How am I how am I able to anticipate what I'm going to see in the next two to three days? How am I buying that? So um, first, I want to make the cool point that I read on your blog of many food trucks. I, I've seen them do this in Austin a ton is they'll go to local butchers and local shops and support local businesses, get higher quality ingredients, and at the same time, try to get a discount because they're both local, they're uh, business to business. So uh, let's plug that. The second, 
Are most of these going to Costco and Sam's and just buying the shit in bulk? Like wh- where do most get their food from? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Costco, big box stores, uh, stuff like that is, you know, a great place to go. And to your point too, but like negotiating, you know, benefits or things like that, even your grocery store, you can actually just go into pretty much any grocery store. And if you're able to like talk to the manager there and kind of explain like, Hey, I've got a food truck. I need to buy X, Y, and Z on a regular basis. Um, a lot of times they'll, uh, either a give you a discount or, you know, you can get into their sort of like gas mileage, you know, program with some of these that like have gas stations attached to them and get discounts on gas that way. So, so definitely if there's some ingredient that you're going to be buying a lot of that, you can find the guy that sells it, you know, just to explain to him who you are, you're going to be buying a ton of it uh, and just ask. That's it. <laughs> any, any rule of thumb or sort of back of the napkin math. I, I want to get to that question of like, it's my first week, second week to own a food truck. I know I'm going to be in downtown Houston or downtown Austin. It's Saturday. It's about to get just crazy here on 6th Street or whatever it is, right? Like it's about to get wild. How, how, are, they, how are they knowing how much ingredients to buy? Is the idea like when you start to just buy, you know, I'm, I'm able to make 50 units and when I'm sold out, I'm sold out. And tomorrow I'll make 75 units. When I'm sold out, I'm sold out. Are you just teaching the girl like that? Or is there some sort of math or something you can do to better anticipate that? Yeah, that is a great question. And the best answer I've heard is that you just kind of start figuring out once you get into it. Yeah. Like there's, like you said, there's a limited amount of uh, ingredients that you can get and you can stick on there uh, onto the unit. And once you get into each location and kind of get like a sense, a better sense of like, okay, here's what the volume is on Tuesdays. Here's what it is on Wednesdays. Yeah. You just don't know until you get into it. Uh, You know, just try to be prepared. And to your point, especially starting out, make sure that you have enough on hands that you can sell as much as you'd like to. (laughs) I'm going to glaze over cooking equipment and utensils and paper products. You need to have something to serve your you know, your food on, whether that's one of those little hot dog containers or whatever it is. I do want to spend just a second on website and social media. Uh, I'm assuming when the, when the truck hits the road, you're encouraging students to have social media created. Uh, is there a certain platform that you lean to? Or are you telling them to cast a broad net and have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, get them all? Yeah. I mean, I guess we'd like Instagram, obviously right now is big. You know, we don't stress I I guess I would say we don't stress that a ton. We do like suggest Instagram, but like at the end of the day, especially when you're getting started with a food truck is the main thing is you're trying to find locations with foot traffic. That's kind of like the most important thing. You know, you can spend a lot of time on social media and not really get too much of a return on it. So the kind of way that we think of it more is like, the people that you meet in the real world and that have already, you know, eaten with you and stuff like that, get, get them to try to, you know, add you that way they can, you know, you, they kind of get connected into your feed, almost like an email list or, and that way they can track you, but you don't focus too much on, on the other way, just cause, just cause it can take, it, you can spend so much time on social media and not get much of a return out of it. You're totally. going to get more of a return out of, you know, talking to people 
in your market and and figuring out the best spots that work for you. Yeah, I mean, taking advantage of the people right there at your door versus trying to stay on social media. And like you said, there's there are some holes you could get lost in on social media. Yeah. I yep. mean, all in here, we, we talked a bit about, you know, from front to back of startup costs. I mean, what what is the typical student, first timer, what are they spending here? I mean, there's quite a range if they wanted to buy a brand new truck versus mm-hmm. starting a tent, but it sounded like the tent could be, you know, five, 6,000 bucks versus the truck could be you know, north of 60 if we wanted to get really wild. Oh but, yeah. 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 Okay. Easily, I mean, so, very quickly great. over a hundred thousand. Yeah. Over a hundred. Yeah. I mean, so there's a broad, broad range. Well, we'll talk about that maturity model a bit more. There are some folks that are fortunate enough. They have this idea. They see a $100,000 or a $60,000 price tag and they say, this is no problem. We're going to pay it out of pocket. And they're able to just give cash. At that point, you probably even get a little discount, right? Paying with cash is always sexy. For the rest of the folks, what are some of the more common ways that you see people finance this? I've seen business loans and crowdfunding and grants and family investors, all sorts of things. What are the more common routes? How are most people, that 80-20 principle, how are most getting the truck on the street? Yeah. One of the, one of the nice things about buying a food truck is that you can get a loan for it similar to like any other type of vehicle. Basically, you're getting like a vehicle loan, like not even a business loan. Nice. So as long as you have, you know, halfway decent credit, you're going to be able to get a loan for it as long as you've got a little bit of money to put down on it. So I would say that's the main way. I mean, even the food truck builders out there that if you want to get something custom made, they'll, I mean, they will have the financing and set up already. So if you don't have it, like they will connect you and they will work with, you know, those folks to get you a loan as long as you have like halfway decent credit. If, if say you don't want to go that route or you have bad credit or something like that, uh, the one that I think is very interesting, uh, and I might be pronouncing this wrong, uh, it's either uh, Kiva.org. I'm going to say K-I-V-A.org. They basically are a nonprofit and they do sort of like uh, a, a loan structure that doesn't look at what your credit is. And you can, you can only get a limited amount. I think it's $15,000 and you've got to get like t- 10 friends to kick in 20 bucks or something like that just to get the ball rolling. But I've seen a, a lot of people use that. And like I said, it's a nonprofit. So you, you don't, you're not really like you know, paying astronomical interest rates or anything by going through them. So if you just need like a little bit of money to fill a gap, I think that's an interesting way to do it for sure. Nice. Like most business ventures, like you just said, there, there are multiple routes to make this happen, which is always, uh, you know, it sucks for us to get halfway through or three fourths of the way through a conversation and people be lit up about this sounds exciting uh, to find out I don't have the capital to go get this done, right? Or I need to wait 10 years. And so this, it, it's great to know, depending on where you're at in your journey, there's a way to get this done uh, at some level. The most in the weeds question I brought for you that people could glaze over for, but it's, it has to be talked about is permits, licenses, and things like that. I, I think you know, this is something that kind of goes swept under the rug. If you're, if we go back to what I talked about at the very beginning of this podcast and said, you know, I eat bomb ass food and then I'm talking, I'm thinking about sitting behind the wheel and owning that truck. What I'm not thinking about are the licenses and the permits and the agreements that he had to go through to get that truck. You post a very good list, an in-depth detailed list on your website. I'll make sure that that's linked, but um, can you share just a bit about that process and what's required to get started? Yeah. I mean, the biggest bummer about figuring out what licenses and things like that, that you need for a food 
uh, business is that they vary from city to city, from state to state. So yeah. one of the nice things I would say is eh, when I got started, like at this point, everybody knows what a food truck is, right? Like at the time p- period that we're talking now. So especially if you are in a larger city, like a Boston or an Austin or Seattle, et cetera, you will be able to find that information online. Just literally Google your town, you know, food truck laws and that information will be published on like the city website and that will kind of like break down what to do step-by-step in your area. If you live in a smaller town, then the odds are is you're going to have to do a little bit more like calling and figuring out exactly what you're going to need. The best thing that I, I recommend, and it's always going to be somebody with within your city, but uh, so like, I guess, anything having to do with like small business, like administration in your area, or just ask a local food truck owner. Uh, that's, or, you know, just email the other guys, that are food truck owners in your town. Like, Hey, uh, can you direct me to like, you know, what you needed to do? Obviously like some guys are not going to answer you because they view competition or they're busy, but if you send out enough, you know, five to 10 emails, you should be able to get at least pointed in the right, right direction uh, by someone. Yeah. Especially with that messaging. I mean, just like we talked about before, uh, if you approach it humbled, uh, not like, Hey, I'm the next big, you know, chicken shop or whatever. Tell me how to get started. Uh, obviously no, no response, but if you approach it the correct way, your messaging is on point and you're looking to learn from mm-hmm. them guys, you've proven your business model. I eat there all the time. I'm very excited about your place. You've inspired me to open up my own spot. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got the ball rolling on your side? That's going to get yeah. a, a response most of the time. And I thought this is brilliant. There was a guy in my class that basically, he just reached out to a, a food truck owner that was pretty popular in his area. And he just said like, hey, um, you know, I want to start a food truck too. Um, I know you're successful, yada, yada, yada. I'd love to like pay you to kind of be like my trainer, teacher, consultant type thing. And it like, wasn't even that much. It was like under a thousand bucks. You know what I mean? And they kind of met up a few times and he you know, guided them along a little bit. But the cool thing is, is this guy that he reached out to too, he's like, oh, okay, sweet. You got your truck now. Oh, okay. So there's this event coming up. Boom. Like I'm going to introduce you to this guy. So it's like, he just like, whoosh, I like plugged him into so many other local people. And, you know, they're, you know, obviously still friends now and that sort of thing. I was just like, dang, you know, for like a grand to be able to fast forward and become friends with somebody, that's a pretty, uh, pretty good investment. Yeah. I mean, he immediately paid for himself. Yeah. Go go over there. The next profit he paid for himself. Yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So I I, I had a one more uh, sort of fun question for you. Uh, And I wanted to ask you about some growth hacks of once my truck is on the road, um, I'm thinking about this, this conversation I had on Tuesday with Josh Belk and he owns uh, Belk Mobile Detailing. It's two college, two okay. college kids, and they own a service business. They are washing cars, and they're booked out for months in advance now. I, they're, they're crushing it. And I met with him on Tuesday, and he talked about how right as they finished washing the car, uh, you know, it's the sun's beaming on it. It's crystal clean. It looks like it's brand new. And he talked about like how detailed they'll go. 
the owner walks out and they're talking in front of the car about payments and things like that. And while the, you know, we kind of joked about it, but while the son's like hitting the windshield, hitting the owner in the eyes, you're asking them like, Hey man, do you see how nice your car looks? I would love a review. And it's like right there, you're capitalizing on their happiness, their excitement, and, and you're getting a review. Uh, he'll follow up that night and be like, I, I cannot tell you how awesome your car was really enjoyed your neighborhood. Oh, blah, that's blah, awesome. Blah. I mean, wow. he, he crushed yep. it. And so they're, they build reviews unlike anything I've seen. And it built, I mean, they have all sorts of organic traffic. They're charging, it's like 150 bucks a wash now. So they've gotten to this crazy scale. I want to know, are you got, what, what growth hacks, what types of things are you implementing on your side to help scale the food truck? And I jotted down a couple just to kind of, I don't know, get, get our juices flowing and see if the, if you guys are doing something like this, you know, one of the things that I've sent, I saw in Austin last weekend was a coffee food truck parked right next to a donut shop. And so mm-hmm. you go into the donut shop, they sell no coffee, right. but they'll push you right next door. And in fact, you go to the food truck, they sold some of the donuts in the food truck, right? And so it was like uh, this perfect supplemental synergistic relationship. Yep. I want to know, are you, how are you guys, are you asking for reviews? Are you driving them there right at the food truck, giving them something to scan? Like once my wheels are on the ground, how can I start to build momentum and scale? Yeah, I think getting reviews is... Uh, a really good one, a big one. Like as far as like really scaling, I mean, like obviously there's a certain capacity that you're going to hit on a truck. You can only be in one place at one time and that sort of thing. So, I mean, really, and you touched on this too with, with uh, that restaurant that sells like three items. Yeah. Miko's like, eventually you're either expanding into a second truck or you're expanding into a restaurant. Like it's almost like, don't think about the food truck as a food truck business. You're, you know, think about the the menu or think about the food that you are actually creating. And then it's pretty logical, like what the next growth steps are, right? So you're either catering or you're, yeah, expanding your food trucks or you're buying a restaurant. And a lot of times people end up buying a restaurant as the next stage because it's like, oh man, uh, driving from point A to point B is kind of a hassle, right? Like, it t- there's a lot of time there where you're not earning uh, and then you got to set up and then you got to set, take down and that sort of thing. So really, yeah, if you're going to grow it, that's kind of like, I would say, put that on your vision board for your five-year plan or, or that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, th- this is something that you've circled a couple of times is like become an expert at your item, your chicken, your food, whatever that is, like focus in on that, make, make that the star and then allow everything else to start of ripple or ripple around that, right? Like you start very small under a tent or at a fair, you, you grow to the trailer, you grow to this truck, but you continue to focus on the items that you're making and you're tweaking it and you're getting feedback. And by the time you're in the food truck, you have this thing perfected and you have this snowball of momentum and people are posting about you and they're sharing you. And it's uh, sort of organically creates itself as long as you're creating good shit, right? Like you can't skip that part and have low quality ingredients, say, I'm going to cut corners here and, uh, you know, focus on social media and hopefully I can build this. You focus on your dish and then you allow that to ripple out to, to create the noise. Yeah. Like I've had so many food truck owners tell me the same story that, that ultimately ended up being successful. And it's like, yeah, at first you are looking for places to vend at, you know what I mean? You're spending a lot of time and it's stressful and it's hard to figure out 
But like, once you get going, it's like basically all the opportunities just kind of come to you. So you're going to the same places that you're at before. Some guy approaches you while you're vending offers, you know what I mean? Uh, says, Hey, you know, there's this other place. We'd love to have you. We'd love to pay for you to come here and do this over here. So it just kind of like, once you get into it and it gets rolling, the marketing side, especially, like I said, for one unit doesn't become that hard because once you're in one spot, you can't go to another spot. You're kind of fixed. So then you're kind of in that growth, that growth question of be like, okay, do I want to expand? If I do, it's like, okay, how do I want to expand another truck, a restaurant, et cetera. I, I want to, uh, I'm keeping an eye on my time here and I want to, I want to close with sort of a catch-all question, if you will. Uh, this is my cheat code. Um, <laughs> we, we've talked about how to sort of land on your menu. We've talked a little bit about the business plan. We've talked about the truck, how to build go uh, sort of the maturity model and how to go from uh, step one to level two to level three to owning a, a high brand new food truck on the road. What have I missed? Um, I mean, this is my first pass at this and the, the listeners first pass at this, my subscribers, I've tried to, as I told you offline, sort of skip a rock across the top of this and learn a little bit about what you have going on and the, the economics, the business and the hustle of this. What have I missed? Is there, is there anything worth spending another two, three minutes on before we start to wrap up? Yeah. I mean, I would just say the main thing, and we kind of touched on this before is just, I think you want to get out there and experience it, experience doing it in some way and seeing if you like it whether that's doing the tents with your pancake recipe or literally just like going and working on a food truck, because there's so many things in life where you can have this vision of what something is like in your head that's made up and isn't actually real. But until you kind of like get into it, then, uh, then you start to figure out like what it actually takes. It's like you probably had a vision of your podcast uh, when you got started and now that you've been doing it, it's like, oh, okay, there's, you know, like you said, you've got that te- um, a, a team member that goes and edits it. You know what I mean? It's like 90% of it is just freaking editing it and like uploading it and just doing this stuff that is not talking yeah, yeah. <laughs> right here. Like this is like the fun part. Agreed. It's the sucky part afterwards <laughs> that takes the longest yeah, <laughs> man, I've uh, I had high expectations coming in. I know we of our availability. I'm totally got, disappointed. I, no, man, and <laughs> you rocked it, dude. I, I know many people that tune in are like this. I need to know more, or uh, how can I sort of just spin my wheels in this? Uh, I know you're not just hyper focused on food trucks. On your on your website, you have several hustles that you're able to talk through. I just decided to focus in on this. Tell the folks where they can find you, consume your information, learn more, all that good stuff. Yeah. If you head over to foodtruckempire.com, like you said, we kind of started out as a food truck site, but we've expanded essentially uh, into covering almost like any type of food business you could want to open from coffee shop to a restaurant, et cetera. So yeah, I mean, if you, or or if you just like have a question, support at foodtruckempire.com, the email will get to me and look forward to chatting with you. Yeah, man. This was sick, man. Thank you very much for doing this. Listeners, thank you all for tuning in, for the love, the support, the questions for this podcast, the podcast reviews, the momentum is always a blast. Until next week, stay on your grind. I mean, how cool is that? Maybe I'm crazy, but 
I have sat and thought about owning a food truck and some of the moving pieces in that food truck world multiple occasions. I've talked about it with friends and family. It's Maybe it's a local thing. Maybe it's a roads thing. But I, I'm hoping many of you connect with that idea to be able to get clarity from an expert that has spoken to all of the top food truck owners. It's like reaching up on the shelf and grabbing an encyclopedia or something rather than going to one source and getting one story, one journey, one growth hack. He's aggregated hundreds of ideas, hundreds of stories into strong guidance. And he brought that heat for us today. As many of you know, I've aggregated lots of notes and I try to turn those around on my website. I'm happy to send those to any of you that are interested in getting them. Uh, for those of you that are not interested, there are just a couple of ideas that I wanted to double, double click on really quickly. The first was just use the industry expertise or the industry leaders to reduce your learning curve. Most of the time, that's the podcast. I beat this idea up in the episode. I'm not going to go hard in the paint now on it again, but I do think this is so, so important. Reach out to others. Don't do this yourself, whatever you're doing. Uh, the other idea that I wanted to double click on just briefly is the growth or the maturity model that he walked us through today, uh, going from food stand to really graduating into a food truck. This is such a great idea, not only testing the demand of the business, but testing uh, your own sort of sponsorship or passion for that business. This could be applied to all ventures, this growth model, not only food trucks. If you're somebody that's thinking about doing haircuts or getting started in, in hair care, travel first, go to them or rent out a small location for one day and bring people to you. Uh, if you're going to start doing t-shirt design, get a small booth and uh, at the rodeo or the fair and start stamping t-shirts for two or three days and see if that floats your boat. If you're starting woodworking or making jewelry, all of this, it's the same idea. Many, many businesses could and should benefit from this walk, crawl, run strategy. That's all I have this week. This is such a fun episode. I'm going to maintain this momentum. I've got a really, really cool one in store for you next week. Until next week, hope you all have a great one. Give someone you love a hug this week. Stay on the road. <laughs>
my pretty guy, I give you something to reach with. Uh, say I give you something to leave with. This life about goals and achievements. Your eyes on the prize, the head out your mind, and pray to whatever believes in. Teach on the way, know that the beach on the way gotta shine hard, and the teachers water know that little seed they gon' grow tomorrow. So every day gotta come with us. So to give you something to stand on, make the fast off when you land raw, make you put some new friends on. It's the road of the world. I do it for help. Yeah. My kids and my spouse. Yeah. I financially sound. Uh, it's the road of the wealth. Yeah. I do it for help. Yeah. My kids and my spouse. Yeah. I financially sound. You the bad dad.